Well, what a wonderful thing to be with you today on such a special day. You know, you know you're getting older when you use some phrases and people don't have a clue as to what you're talking about. But back when I was young, as a matter of fact, that statement used to, is not even legitimate anymore. But uh, I heard it all the time when I was growing up. Back when I was young, <laughs> matter of fact, I thought it was in the Bible for years. But uh, back when I was young, you know, they called them red letter days on the calendar when you actually had a calendar, a paper calendar. And there were red, red letters on special days. And this is a red letter day for Believers Fellowship and for Pastor uh, Seth and Katie. And we just appreciate getting being invited to be a part of it. Uh, been looking forward to it. Excited about what's uh, going on, not only uh, here today, but the meeting tonight. Boy, I would encourage you to be here for that. Because casting vision is, of course, a corporate thing. Has to be everybody involved. So uh, Judy is with me today. She's going to keep me straight. I'm glad she came. She's the better half of it. She's the brains of this outfit. <laughs> Would you like to stand and say something? I figured so. <laughs> oh, church, I'm so excited for you. I'm sitting there praying, thinking, oh, Jeremiah 29, 11. Oh, the Lord has thought about y'all today. It's good. It's not evil. You have hope and a future. And I'm excited about your evening tonight. Um, food's always good, but fun is good. And fellowship and your future. So, and Miss Katie, we're going to be making some plans too. We're going to throw a party for all you ladies, I think. Thank you. I like parties. I think Jesus did too. I mean, he said, let, when somebody gets born again, he said, let's really celebrate. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I'm just excited for your future. Pastor Seth and Katie, and now the, the, the third of the triangle that's here that will, <laughs> will really be the boss, won't she? <laughs> we have, I have a granddaughter. We have a granddaughter, and uh, I told her when she a little bitty dude, I said, it's amazing how somebody as small as you can take me and just, <laughs> you know. When you get to be a grandparent, right up at, it says right up here, ATM. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Wonderful things are in store for you, and we're glad to be able to here to to be able to be here today to help just sort of celebrate that. I mean, you're already the pastor, and obviously God's ordained that, but we're here to help just uh, make a, a a mark in the sand and say, here we go from here on, bigger and better and brighter days, because I think you understand we're in a run to the rapture right now, and we really need to make every day count to the maximum. For the king and for his cause. And so to share with you the word this morning, John chapter 12, I want to read a few verses there, the gospel that, that John is the human author of. And uh, I'm taking note of what time it is, Pastor. I understand that I, I've, been, uh, I've been at this long enough to know that it helps if we all get finished at the same time. Uh, I, was, I was at one place and I said, how long can I preach? And they said, well, you can preach as long as you want to, but we leave at noon. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> but to honor God's word is an important thing because, of course, we face so many, like you alluded to, so much thing, so many negative things going on in our world today. Aren't you glad that the gospel is a positive message, that that is a message of hope and what you sang about today, deliverance? So, again, thank you for inviting us to be a part of, of this moment in your future 
and of course recognizing all those who have who have who have paid the price to get this church where it is today. John's Gospel, chapter twelve. We'll begin reading in verse eighteen. Uh, for this cause, the people also met him. I'm reading out of the King James Version, not because it's the only one, but uh, my kids got me this Bible, and the main thing is it's large print. And if uh, you don't get that, hang on, Boogaloo, you'll get there eventually. <laughs> but the backdrop for this, they've just had the triumphant entry, and Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead which uh, caused quite a commotion. And the people uh, came together that had heard that he had done this miracle. Now, that was quite a miracle, raising somebody from the dead. I mean, I hadn't got there yet myself, but, uh, and I've wondered about Jesus. You know, he raised that Jairus' daughter, which was, you know, a, a teenager probably. So they said, oh, she just was fainted. She wasn't really dead. And then he raised the widow of Nain's son, who was also a fairly young person. They probably said, ah, he's just comatose. He wasn't really dead. But on this occasion, Jesus waited four days. <laughs> he said, this dude's going to be plumb dead before I raise him. I want you all to know that. And he had quite a miracle that had shocked and rocked the place. And a crowd gathered up, and it upset the Pharisees. Verse 19, the Pharisees said among themselves, what are we going to do with this? We can't stop this. The whole world is going after him. But here's what I want to zero in on. Some Greeks came, and they came to Philip. And then uh, Philip goes and tells Andrew, and then they both go and tell Jesus that some Greeks have said, we would see Jesus. And for just a few moments this morning, I want us to zero in on that thought that is not only we would see Jesus, we definitely need to see Jesus. And we, in our culture and in our time, in our church world, we must see Jesus and him above all. And then, you know, it's almost, the first time I read this, it's almost like Jesus is kind of about half rude here. Because these guys, these Greeks say, we would like to, an audience, we'd like to see Jesus. And Jesus says to them, you know, you'd think he'd say, well, meet me over under the fig tree. I'll give you 15 minutes or something like that. But what he says is, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Well, it's almost like a disconnect until you understand what he is saying all the time before when something miraculous and marvelous happened, I kind of shushed it, you know, don't. Don't tell them who I am. My, my hour has not yet come. You hear that oh, or you read that over and over again. Remember his mother Mary said, we need a little, we need a little miracle here at the wedding. And, and uh, he said to her, my hour has not yet come. I can't be doing this yet. <laughs> of course, he went ahead and minded mama, and that's always a good thing to do. Uh, and over and over and over again, he is, when, when, they're, when, they're, when they're accosting him and even confronting him, one time, one time they led him by the hand out to a bluff on his own hometown. They were going to throw him over the bluff and kill him, and poof, he was gone. <laughs> and the reason he disappeared was he said, my hour has not yet come. But now he says, in answer to these Greeks' inquiry, we would like to really see Jesus. What he says is, in, I'm going to paraphrase it in Arkansas-ese, <laughs> 
And as a matter of fact, if you don't know that I'm from Arkansas, you can just listen to me talk a little bit and figure that out. <laughs> matter of fact, there is, a, I have a connection with this area. My father was, uh, grew up in Havana, and uh, this is old stomping grounds for, for us. But Jesus kind of says in, a, in, a, in, in colloquial terms, <laughs> when they said we would see Jesus, he kind of says, boy, is this your lucky day. <laughs> Because it is now time for you to be able to really see me because mine hour is now come. And then a few verses later, there was a voice from heaven said, that's my boy. Amen. And so I would say to us briefly this morning as just an attempt to encourage you to look to the future, to keep your eyes on the Lord. Just see Jesus. Because if you get your eyes on circumstances, my goodness, the media, the, the things going on, even other Christians, you're going to get disappointed. But if you keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus, guess what? He will never, ever disappoint you. And I would suggest that we see Jesus, first of all, when we face challenges that we just cannot conquer. And I would uh, refer you to Joshua chapter 5, that book that bears his name, because this was what most theologians or, or people that know about the way, way around the scripture believe this was a theophanies or a Christophanies, a, a pre-incarnate revelation of Jesus. Because Joshua is out here and he's been assigned to conquer Jericho and knock some walls down. Now he's leading a bunch of, group, a bunch of people that had never conquered a molehill, much less this mountain. And so he's out here trying to sort out how in the world are we going to get this wall down? And he comes to what is most believe is a pre-incarnate vision of Jesus. And of course, it shocks him. And he's a military man. And so he looks at him and he says, are you on our side or did you come to take their side? And Jesus said, I didn't come to take sides. I came to take over. And what I want you to understand, Joshua, is what you're facing is a total impossibility for you. But if you'll see me, the verse that really hangs heavy with us is that what he says, see, I have already given you Jericho. So what I would like for the Holy Spirit to help us to do today corporately is to not just see the wall, but see what Jesus sees us doing, and we can do that. How I many of you believe he can help us do whatever he shows us through him that we can do, that we can conquer? And it isn't maybe a physical wall. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we face that are challenges that we cannot do by ourselves. Matter of fact, I wake up every morning understanding I'm probably going to be asked a question today. I don't have a foggy idea what the answer is, but I'm glad I can rely on the Lord. And I understand, you know, we face in our nation huge challenges. And in our world. And, but it doesn't have to be global. It can be very individual. <laughs> Will I ever get to where I have enough money for the month? <laughs> and if you're not there, you can be thankful because there's, there's still a lot of people in Arkansas. You may not understand this, but there are a lot of kids that go to bed hungry at night in Arkansas still. And that ought not to be. And I can tell you, you can say, well, I don't, it can be, will, will, will I ever get any better physically? Is this going to always be with me? Will this relationship ever improve? <laughs> will that kid ever change? 
Whatever the challenge, how many of you know the devil is going to challenge you where he thinks he can work on you best? He's not going to play namby-pamby with you. He's going to put a real challenge out there. But what he is saying to us today is what I want you to do is when you see Jesus, you can see that he can help you conquer whatever Satan puts in your path. How many of you believe it is God's will for God's children to be more than conquerors through the power of Jesus Christ? Amen. I like that. I like, I like being a conqueror. <laughs> I mean, I've tried winning and I've tried losing, and I like winning a lot better. I can just tell you that. Somebody asked me, what does it mean more than a conqueror? Well, I'm not too sure, but somebody else said that it was kind of like when Muhammad Ali was the first fighter boxer to win a million-dollar purse. So he won a million dollars. He was a conqueror. Mrs. Ali took the check, cashed it, and spent it. She was more than a conqueror. <laughs> and I'm glad that what Jesus conquered on the cross of Calvary, he came through the Holy Ghost and gave us a high five. I'm about to get myself excited here, and I don't want to have a one-man count meeting, so y'all can help me out here, amen? I mean, amens will get us out of here quicker. I just want you to know that. So if you don't want to be here to frost, you might ought to want to say amen along now and then. But aren't you glad that he who is the author of our faith is also pledged to be the finisher of our faith? And I'm so thankful that we mean to see him when there's more in facing us, then we can conquer. But I also believe we really need to fix our focus on Jesus when we face changes that we can't control. And you know, dear friends, we live in the middle of a great time of change, rapid change. I mean, I was born, raised in Arkansas. Sometimes people ask me, have I lived all my life in Arkansas? I feel like that old-timer, this young whippersnapper walked up to an old-timer sitting out on the front porch, and he looked up at him and he said, old-timer, you lived in these parts all your life? And the old-timer said, well, not yet. <laughs> uh, let that sink in a minute. <laughs> but as long as I've lived, I've seen a lot of changes, and I can tell you we are really in a time of radical and rapid change. And if we're not careful, it will really unnerve us because I'm not just talking about cultural change. I mean, Arkansas is the buckle of the Bible Belt, and I never thought I would see some things today that are promised and promoted and practiced here that, uh, you know, back when I was young, it would have never happened. And it even makes it tough on communication, this rapid change, right? Because words don't mean the same. I was listening to a song the other day about reckless love of Jesus. Well, back when I was young, you know, I know you're not supposed to say that back when, you're, back when I was young, but, I, but I, I backslide every now and then and say, I, back when I was young, reckless meant something different, you know, and, it's, 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 uh, and it, for an old-timer like me, it makes it kind of hard to communicate because I was preaching to a, a room full of young, but I'm glad you all are participating in that field. That's great. That's a great arm of outreach. But I was preaching to a room full of young people, and I knew I said a word that wasn't any good anymore when they sucked all the oxygen out of the room. <laughs> it really, and all I, you know, all I said was hook up. I mean, but, and, and, and it, you know, back when I was young, <laughs> and the Dead Sea was just getting sick way back there, uh, hook up was a pretty good term. That was what you did the team to the wagon. <laughs> And uh, download was when you took the firewood off the wagon, and log on was when you put it on the fire, and uh, microchips was them little bitty chips at the bottom of the bag of potato chips after you ate all the big ones off the top. You know what I'm talking about. It's a problem to communicate anymore. 
because of all of these rapid changes. But it's even more serious than that. That is because of the things that these young people, you're going to reach on Wednesday nights. Praise God for that. Could I say praise God for that again? Because the world they are going to face is going to be so radically different than the world that I faced. It's con- it can just totally scare you. But my heart today is to encourage you that even when we face changes that we really can't control, there is a scripture uh, given to us about Isaiah who's, who had uh, been, uh, and I don't want to get too, I don't want to sound political here, but he, he had been bankrolled by a king, his church, his whole religious rigmarole had been funded by uh, the Democrats, and now all of a sudden the Republicans are in power, or vice versa. No, that, that, what happened, the king died, and I, I'm so thankful that Isaiah had the good sense to go to the house of God when his world was coming apart, and when he got to the house of God, he saw Jesus high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. So what am I saying? I'm saying that in these uncertain times when there's so much going out from under us as the solid rock of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, our focus must again be fixed on Jesus Christ. Because guess what, gang? He said, I will have me a church. I will build a church. I am quite confident he can do it without me. I am, quote, equally quite confident I can't do it without him. Aren't you glad you're a part of a church that he has said? Aren't you glad there's still a lot of good things going on about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ? And so I would just encourage you, stay in the church. Even with all of the misconceptions and things and misfires of the church, still, if we can just see Jesus in the, wouldn't it be wonderful? And my prayer was driving over this morning that this church would just get Jesus so lifted up in western Yale County that, I mean, it would just be a magnet when they drive by out there. <laughs> There's an answer in that room. There's an answer. Would y'all agree with me for that? There, the, that's where I can get some help right in there. How many of you believe Jesus is the answer for all the world's dilemmas today? And then thirdly and very importantly, we must see Jesus not only when we face challenges that we can't conquer and changes that we can't control, but I have to look to Jesus because I've faced character flaws that sometimes I just can't seem to get corrected. <laughs> I know that a lot of people pretend they're sanctified to the nth degree, but, uh, you know, I, I'll just be candid with you. I, I got the salvation thing down pretty, pretty good, but the sanctification thing, still offers me some challenges from time to time. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Yeah, I think you know what I'm talking about. You just think you got this thing under control, and then there, you know. You know, back when I was young, we had revivals. And again, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody, but we actually had revivals that lasted two whole weeks, two weeks long, and they announced it for that. And I was the evangelist's favorite attendee because I got saved every night. I mean, I'd walk the aisle and I'd come down Sunday night, God, I'll never do that again. And then Monday night, I'll never, never do that again. 
And Wednesday night, I'll never, never, never. <laughs> so finally, you just, it's kind of like when we was counting, you put four down and one across. <laughs> I just ran out of numbers. And so I understand and understood that I'm glad I serve a God who can use us in his kingdom even though we haven't achieved sinless perfection yet. <laughs> Amen. That was a good time to say amen and you missed it. So I'm going to give you another chance. That's a, I'm glad we serve a Lord who gives us an opportunity to work for him, even though we still have character flaws we're still working on by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that he uses us with our imperfections because quite candidly, dear friend, if he had to wait for somebody to get totally perfected to work with him or for him, he'd be real shorthanded. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody he could use. And I'm glad that I have a Lord that if I can keep my eyes on him, then he is greater than all of the difficulties that float around in my life still. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you just, and, it's, and usually it hits you when you're least expecting it. I mean, I was having one of those, you know, whim wiggering vitality days the other day. I'd had my prayer time and I'd had my meditation time and I was, I'd even had my Christian music time, and man, I was ready to leap through over a wall and run through a troop, and I mean, bring on the devil, about six or eight of them at once, and, <laughs> and duke it out. And I was doing real good till I stopped at Walmart. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, and I don't know whether this person couldn't read or couldn't count, <laughs> but it plainly said 20 items or less. <laughs> And I don't know about you. Could I get a witness there? You know, I'm in a hurry and I'm important. And I'm in, and I didn't say anything they could hear. <laughs> but I understood I still needed a little help with my sanctification. Hello? <laughs> Aren't you glad that we serve a Lord that if we'll keep our eyes on him, he can help us even when we're battling some character flaws that we don't really totally have conquered yet. <laughs> Heard a story here a while back about a guy, uh, and I don't know the validity of this, but it makes sense, or a, a preacher told it. <laughs> that doesn't mean a whole lot anymore in some circles, does it? But anyway, you're talking about back in the old days when the cars would just kind of come out and there was gravel road and this guy had gotten him a car and, and it quit on him and he was over at the side of this gravel road parked. And... Uh, he didn't know what in the world to do, and so he got out of the way in case some horses wanted to come behind wagons. And all of a sudden, this guy come driving up behind him in 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 in, in a top of the line car, and he got out and and came around this guy sitting in his car. And man, he was had a suit and decked out, you know. And he said, "Sir, I see your car is giving you some trouble. Do you mind if I look under the hood?" And he said, well, "No, go ahead. I don't know what to do." So he walked around there and. Uh, looked at it and tinkered with it a little bit, and he said, would you hit the starter? And he said, well, sure. And he, that was back when they were in the floor. Of the, some of you don't know. You're just so, totally uneducated here. I can see that. <laughs> Started right up. And so this guy comes back around, and he says, sir, first of all, I want to thank you for stopping on this hot day at the side of the road helping me with my car. But I just got to know, I mean, you're obviously a very wealthy person. You got the top-of-the-line car. You got a fine suit. You got fine threads. Why in the world would you stop here and help me out? And he said, well, my name is Henry Ford. And I created that car. 
And I can't bear to see it sitting on the side of the road not being utilized. Aren't you glad that you have a divine heavenly father who created you and he can't bear to see you sitting on the... Somebody ought to shout with me a dab right there. And aren't you glad he can use us? And can you imagine that you're in pretty good company when you have character flaws and God still uses you? Because the main man that are, and I'm not bashing the Catholics, but they believe he was the first pope, the Peter, the guy named Peter, you know. And the reason I don't have, have trouble believing he was a pope, actually, was he, he was married. At least he had a mother-in-law. <laughs> and a guy that have a mother-in-law without being married, I mean, you got real problems there somewhere, but <laughs> hello. <laughs> but here's a guy... That one minute can say, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he can't even get out of that chapter until Jesus has to rebuke him. Are y'all tracking with me there? And, and then he's one that says, man, Jesus, these other local yokels, they won't stay with you, but I'm going to stay with you. I'll never deny you. He's the only God had enough brass to bring a sword with him anyway. You know, Chopped off Malachus's ear. The only reason he did that is he missed the middle of his head. <laughs> Jesus really would have had a job putting a cranial section back together. <laughs> That's not my notes. You got that for free. How's that? <laughs> I mean, I'll never forsake you. And then do you know he had a mad cussing fit because a little Sunday school girl called him a Christian? This is in your Bible. Some of you are looking at me like, where did you get that? It's, it's black ink on white paper <laughs> in your Bible. Can you believe that Jesus could use Peter? Then if you can, you can believe that he can use you, even though you are not perfected yet. And I want to ask Peter sometimes, Peter, how in the world? You know, Peter was a real good quitter. I mean, he was first-class quitter. Y'all look at me kind of funny, but I mean, when he said, I go a fishing, he, didn't, he wasn't talking about entering a bass tournament for the weekend. He said, I'm done with this Jesus thing. So I think when we get to heaven, we can ask him, Peter, how would you make it? I think he would say to you, well, every time I tried to quit, at night I would lay down my head and I'd close my eyes, and one more time I'd be transfigured back to that Mount Tabor, and I just couldn't get the brightness of Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, friends, I just wonder sometimes if people really see the Jesus I see because they seem to be able to start him and quit him at the drop of the hat. But I've not been able to quit him. <laughs> and I'm telling you that if you get an eye full of Jesus and a heart full of Jesus, how many of you believe you can make it? How many of you, believe, how many of you can believe that God can use you in spite of all of the things that the devil would put up in your mind? Well, last but not least, because I can see that some of you are moving to the conclusion. And so I will try to also. I think we really need and must, especially today with the challenges that we face as a church of Jesus Christ, that we must see Jesus, especially in circumstances we can't comprehend. Challenges we can't conquer. Changes we can't control. Character flaws we can't seem to correct. And we never will without the power of the Holy Spirit. But also circumstances that we can't comprehend. And I give you John, the beloved disciple, who's out here on the Isle of Patmos, and he's old, and he's forgotten, and, you know, 
all he ever did was live for Jesus and preach the gospel, and that's why he's out here on this island, and all he's seeing is seed. <laughs> and I can imagine in my mind that John could have said and probably did say, wow, Lord, what is up with this? I mean, I don't get this. This is circumstances that don't make sense to me. I mean, you know, some real bad things can happen to some real good people and do happen. And I can imagine Brother John saying, hmm, Jesus, I don't get this. This ain't adding up. I mean, I was your man. Remember? I mean, there was the 12, and then there was the three, and then there was me. I mean, I'm right there beside you. I got my head on your chest. I was the last one to leave your cross and the first one at your tomb. I even took care of your mama till she died. So what is up with this? I'm out here on this island and that young whippersnapper, Timothy's pastor down there at Ephesus Assembly. <laughs> I just bet you, Lord, my name wasn't even on the prayer request list down there this morning. They done forgot all about me out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> And then John got to thinking, wait a minute, Timothy, First Assembly, Ephesus, prayer request, good gracious, what is it? This is the Lord's day. Well, I just think since this is the Lord's day, I'll just get in the spirit. I'll just scoot up close to Jesus. <laughs> and when he did, hello, that is in the Bible. <laughs> it was the Lord's day. He said, I'm going to get in the spirit. He said, when I got in the spirit, he said, I heard a voice behind me. <laughs> and uh, some unusual verbiage here. And he said, I turned to see the voice. Not hear the voice. I turned to see the voice. And when I turned to see the voice, I saw one standing in the middle of the seven candlesticks clothed like a, the son of man with the clothes down to the foot and he had about his sash a golden a chest a golden sash and his head and his hair were white like wool and his eyes were as a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass burning in his in a furnace and his voice was as a countenance was as a sound of many waters and his countenance was as a sun shining in his strength and when I saw him I fell at his feet as a dead man and he laid his right hand on me and said get up I'm not dead anymore I was dead but I'm alive and I'm alive forevermore <laughs> and I have the keys of hell oh I'm about to get excited of hell and of death you know pastor it don't make much sense to me that these bright yokels will serve a God that don't even have the keys to his own place anymore <laughs> I'm glad I serve the king who has the keys of hell and of death and is alive and alive forevermore and in the middle of circumstances that you just can't comprehend this shouldn't be happening to me if you can just get an eyeful of the glorified resurrected Christ guess what that can charge yours somebody say praise the Lord with me could you just give the Lord an applause today that we can get our eyes full of him looking away from the discouraging things of this old life and of this old earth hallelujah